0: will join me. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Today, it's my great pleasure to travel to central southeastern Tuscany, to Montalcino, to meet my guest, Maggi Portca of Podere Casizano. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Maji. How are you?
1: Thank you very much. Um, very well. Thank you, Mark, for um, inviting me. I'm so excited to uh, be and to speak about uh, the place where I work and live. Well, it's a real pleasure to have you with
0: us. And you sent me this morning the most beautiful picture of the view from the tasting room of Kazizano. And I wonder if for our listeners, you can describe the area that you're in so they, they can gain a a vivid picture uh, in their minds of this very special corner of Tuscany.
1: So um, we are in the uh, south uh, part of Tuscany near uh, under Siena, but the area in specific is Val Valdorcha. So it is uh, full of hills and uh, beautiful landscape with cy- cypress and and the most important thing, uh, full of vineyards <laughs> also. Today is a beautiful day. There's a sunny day and I love autumn because it's full of leaves, full of colors from deep red to yellow and brown. So very beautiful landscape.
0: Yes, and it isn't just the vines that the leaves are turning color. It's a very wooded area still and you have this mix of woodland and and vineyards and rolling hills, so it's really quite stunning.
1: Yes, it's beautiful, especially the, the wood forests nearby are are particularly beautiful in this time of the year. Okay. Now,
0: Podere, Podere Casizano is part of the Tomasi family estates portfolio. The Tomasi family are well-known around the world, foremost for their outstanding wines produced in the Valpolicella. They also have a number of wine estates, all across italy including uh, casizzano can you tell us a little bit about the tomasi family and their activities and how podere casizzano came about
1: so um the history of the family is very long starts in 192 but when the fourth generation joined to the business family in 97 they um Decided to unreach its property, selecting outstanding terroirs. So um, they looked for Montalcino for a, in a, a property in Montalcino for a very long time, and finally they found Casizano uh, and bought it in 2015. So it's eight years ago. They chose it for different reason. One is because it's a beautiful estate, obviously, but it's a very uh, on a high position. We um, we are located in, uh, in the terrace on at 480 metres above the sea level. So um, we are one of the highest wineries in Montalcino area. So we are situated in the southeast part of Montalcino, facing Sant'Angelo in Colle and Sant'Antimo Abbey. And uh, um, our lowest vineyard is above 430 metres on the sea level. Another uh, very interesting thing about our estate is that all our vineyards are next to the cellar. So we are not a big property. We have nine hectares for the Brunello, seven for the Ross, and six for T- Sant'Antimo. So the vineyard extension in total is 22 hectares. So we are not very big winery. We are, we, I would say we are quite medium-small. The high-density planted that we have in our vineyards, which is 5,000 um, plants by hectare, gives us outstanding um, wines. They are all under Sangiovese Grosso. Sangiovese Grosso is um, a specific type. It's a, uh, it's a grape of uh, f- from which we produce Brunello di Montalcino, the wine which are, we are famous for. The very important thing about the estate is that uh, we are facing Monta Amiata, which is an active volcano, and the soil is composed by a sandstone stone and marl rocks, rich in Galestro. Galestro is a t- typical um, soil in Tuscany. Uh, it's a type of clay, and uh, which gives um, superior quality wines, with uh, a lot of structure and uh, um, acidity. It's optimal acidity. The wine, also the microclimate that we have uh, here, because the, all the vineyards are next to the city, we can have a nine on them and, and uh, check them uh, every day. The, the microclimate that we have here, microclimate, is that it's always windy. It's very ventilated. And uh, this um, helps us to preserve the health of the grapes, especially before the harvest. Because our harvest is very late in, it's late September, like this year is almost first days of October. And when it's rainy, it's it's foggy. So this wind helps us to dry the grapes and preserve their health.
0: Particularly important in a challenging year like this one has been with the excessive heat. And I know a lot of wine areas suffer from diseases such as downy mildew.
1: Yes, that's right. All around the area, we were worried about it. The thing about this uh, very small microclimate is that the wind really helped us to dried our grapes. So our grapes were not so with a lot of disease. Okay.
0: Well, you've actually um, given a really good overview there. So the Tomasi family wanted to have a, an estate in this very prestigious wines zone, perhaps Italy's most prestigious wine area and as you've as you've said it's a wine zone that's dedicated almost exclusively to a single grape variety this brunello grape variety this sangiovese grosso a clone of sangiovese actually it's quite unique then in italy that in the 19th century this area was perhaps the first the earliest to have a dedicated clonal selection, and it is this single grape variety that produces the most famous wines, both the Rosso di Montalcino and the Brunello di Montalcino. What makes Sangiovese Grosso in the terroir of Montalcino such a special grape? What are some of the characteristics from both the terroir and the soil and your particular position? In the southeast, that this great how can express itself?
1: So, um, because we are very high, the excellent thermal excursions. Uh, give us um, a very complex nose, uh, but elegant, excellent balance between the acidity and the tannins, uh, which are quite important in uh, in Brunello wine. Uh, the Brunello is famous because you can keep the, for the long uh, time that you can keep it in the bottle. More you keep the wine in the bottle, better will be the wine. So the soil gives of factory sentence as well as on the palate, very structure and complex flavor. For example, the plum that you, feel, that you can feel in the, our wines—it's specific in, in this area that you can recognize from, from the Sangiovese grape. Also, the red fruits. And spicy nose are very characteristic to this area. And uh, the soil, which is a part of the volcano area, and the clay gives a mark of this elegance and morality in our wines. And these elements, all these elements, gives us extraordinary longevity to this, to this particular wine.
0: Okay, and I think
1: it's important for
0: our listeners to understand as well that Montalcino is a very complex a wine zone that has uh, different terroir throughout the vineyard, but also different exposition. So wines from the north, uh, for example, will have a different character to wines from the southeastern corner. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right. There is a very small um, uh, micro zones that we can divide in Montalcino. But uh, in, in my opinion, the most important thing also is how the wine is aged, because we have spoken about the soy and the Sangiovese, but um, Brunello, in total time of aging, aged for five years. And minimum, for uh, the rules that we have here, aged two years in oak barrels. So Casizano aged for three years. The, the, we call it traditional way of aging the wine, because the first producers of, producers of Brunello aged the wine in big oak Barrels from Slavonian oak, so we call we like to call us traditional traditional um, producers because uh, we age the wine in big barrels for three years. So it's very very important uh, that I also always to underline this that give the big barrel and the Slavonian oak gives elegance to this particular wine.
0: Okay, and that is important for our listeners to understand as well, this incredible lengthy aging discipline that is a requirement to produce a Brunello di Montalcino, that, that the wines um, cannot be released until five years. Let's first of all, though, turn to a younger wine that you produce. Tell us about di Casizano Rosso di Montalcino.
1: Well, Rosso di Montalcino is uh, they call it the young brother or um, um, of uh, Brunello, but it's very important also by his his own. All the wines that we produce in Montalcino are based on 100% one type of grape which is Sangiovese Grosso. The Rosso di Montalcino, Rosso di Montalcino is very nice, easy to drink. Is a deep ruby red, nicely transparent color. But the fruit, the the complex bouquet that you can feel is with a lot of violet plums and red berry fruits, which is um, very um, nice. And the bouquet invites you to drink it a little bit (laughs) more every day. And it's the tannins and the acidity in our wines is really nice and fresh. And it's not a heavy one because our wines ate just eight months in oak barrel. So just to um, make the tannins a little bit more velvet, more elegant, so the wine is not so sharp and not so... Uh, um, I would say dry, but it's not the correct word I would say. But it's easy, easier to drink a little bit for like everyday wine.
0: Okay, so a fresher expression of Sangiovese Grosso and as well perhaps more fruit uh, in it as well, would you say?
1: Yes, yes. It's uh, definitely less budded than the Brunello, which aged three years in oak barrel, So which is uh, important, a full body wine and with more complexity and also um, more body. So pair with, I uh, would say, stronger food like whiteboard or um, grilled meat.
0: Okay, so the Brunello has this, uh, uh, as well, in the winemaking process, it will have a longer maceration to extract uh, a little bit more color and tannins as well as uh, other elements. And then this lengthy aging in the big, big Slavoning and Bote. How how large are these big barrels?
1: Well, our... uh Larger barrels are uh, 65 hectoliters. And um, our oldest cellar, which is situated in an old um, y- uh, barn yarn, uh, has a very small door. So we, we have to build our barrels inside. We cannot transport them because they are so big that cannot fit uh, in, uh, in the door. So this huge Slavonian oak barrels which uh, gives this elegant, gives more roundness in this uh, kind of grapes and wine.
0: Italian Wine Podcast. If you think you love wine as much as we do, then give us a like and a follow anywhere you get your pods. Can we talk about another one of your wines, one of the most pre- prestigious, the Colombaiolo Brunello di Montalcino Reserva. Tell us about this wine.
1: So our prestigious wine, Colombaiolo Reserva, is made by just one uh, single vineyard, uh, which is facing the, our, the cellar, the closest one, on the highest position, 480 metres. So it's a single vineyard um, of two hectares from which we select only the best grapes. We produce only 4,500 bottles of this special wine and we add one extra aging of this wine uh, in an oak barrel. So Brunello regular aged for three years in an oak barrel, big oak Slavonian barrels, but our reserva, our Colombaiolo, aged for one extra year in. So 500 liters made by French oak. And this sweet spiciness that you can really feel it and the the body gives from the smaller barrels is something which gives even more balance to the structure and uh, makes it feel very uh, fresh and harmonious. The minerality and uh, um, characteristic aromatic characteristics and persistence that you can feel makes it our best product from How the winter. How many
0: one. years then after the harvest before Colombaiolo can be released?
1: Colombaiolo we released it six years after the harvest. It's a very long time, one of the longest. That's really
0: interesting for listeners to understand as well that Brunello di Montalcino is a very special wine and the wine producers take great care and expense to age these wines for such a lengthy period before they can be released. Generally, although they will improve for decades or more, once a wine is released, is it ready to be enjoyed and drunk?
1: It's always... Personal. It's always personal taste. Um, when the Brunello is young, it's quite sharp. The tannins makes you feel the wine very dry. And in my opinion, if you could wait a little bit longer, the tannins will just refine in the bottle, will be more round and easier to drink and also will be enjoyable with uh, lighter food or just for meditation. So it really depends on your personal taste. If you like. Dry, you can uh, like this wine feel vibrant, drink it young as soon as it will be released. If you prefer more rounder wines with the more velvet tenants, just if you can leave it in the bottle for one extra year, will be a little bit better in terms of enjoyable and drinking this kind of. Well, that's, wine.
0: that's very, very good advice. Now, you mentioned something very interesting there, uh, meditation one, vino da meditazione. We'll talk about that in a minute, but let's turn to the typical gastronomy of Montalcino, of, of southern Tuscany, perhaps, and how the wines of Casizano pair with the piatti tipici, the really typical foods.
1: So um, the really typical food in Montalcino is uh, pinci alle briciole. pici in Tuscany, but pinci in, for Montalcino people, so, uh, like a dialect form. And um, brishele means uh, breadcrumbs, which are fried. So it's uh, not a uh, light, uh, I would say, uh, plate, but well, a dish. But um, you can use uh, parmesan also, in touch of spiciness if you want. But also another uh, typical uh, dish that you can find here is a wild game, so wild boar or hare or roe de deer. So um, this. Foods, especially if they are um, stuffed or grilled, pair perfectly with uh, red wines as a Brunello di Montalcino, where the acidity and the tannin just clean your mouth from the fatness of the food.
0: Okay, so perhaps for those with those Pinci, um, you might drink the Rosso di Montalcino?
1: Yes, that's right. Rosso Pinci is the, the perfect combination, I would say. The
0: pinchi are they the same as the pici from Siena or from Montepulciano?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, noodles, noodles without eggs, so just uh, flour and and water.
0: Okay, so a really simple dish with the fried breadcrumbs. Really, I think it shows that although these wines are very grand and prestigious and appreciated around the world, the foods and the land itself is still quite humble.
1: Oh yeah, but you know they are also in this area. It's so hard to just tell you one or two dishes that you that will combine with this food in this area. We have also pecorino from Pienza, which is
0: okay. That wonderful cheese. It is
1: wonderful cheese, and when especially when it's aged very long time, perfect. Uh, it's a perfect for our reserva, for example, for Brunello reserva or the wines which has a very long persistence because the longer um, intensity of food has to be longer, the consistency, the finish of the wines that you drink to just balance it very well. So it's it's hard to tell you just one or two things that could... uh, perfectly be paired with our wines. There are so many.
0: Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure that's right. And I know there's very sophisticated cuisine in some of the restaurants in your area as well. But I think that that mix of, of game, of chingale, of venison, I can really understand how well those foods with more robust flavors go with the uh, beautiful Brunello di Montelcino wines where the tannins can are needed to help uh, with this sort of richer flavored meats. But turning to this uh, Vino da Meditazione, the meditation wine, I think that's really interesting because normally we think Italian wines are almost exclusively wines that are made above all to be enjoyed with foods. But sometimes a wine can be so complex, so beautiful, so interesting to discover as it evolves in the glass that sometimes it's just best to sit around and and just sip and enjoy, and think about about the wine, but maybe about other things too. Is that what you mean with a meditation wine?
1: Yes, if you if you take our uh, best wine, Colombaio Riserva, and you pour it into the glass, you swear it, and you start to meditate. So start to think about the flavors that you can. Feel in your glass. So we have um, a lot of our memories in in our um, in our brain, our mind that uh, usually is sometimes is hard to recall. Um, But if you would just concentrate on the wine and search the flavors, you can feel a lot of different ones. For example, my favorite. Uh, fruit is a dried plum, so uh, in every wine, I can immediately detect it. The spiciness, for example, I love the liquorice, so I can detect it The, the pepper uh, you, you can find uh, especially the Winmel loves, loves to um, flowers so they can detect even different uh, types of flowers in, in in our wines, but especially uh, if we are talking about. Also the fruits, the red fruits, the dark fruits that you can feel, like blueberries or uh, red berries, which could be fresh. So like crunchy, crispy, but they could be also dried. And uh, the raspberry that you can feel in our wines, it's, it's amazing. So you can just... Uh, when you when you we are talking about the wine for for meditation we are talking about enjoying and thinking about the wine to understand uh, the the process understand the wines s- feel the minerality and uh, try to figure out that there is a there is a um, e- there is a volcanic soil so this kind of minerality you can feel. In in this wine, but just to concentrate on one moment, enjoy the minute that you're drinking an excellent wine.
0: Well that's a beautiful description of of some of the flavors and aromas uh that are that, that one will find in the Casizano Brunello wines. And I think that's really instructive to our listeners to take the time, especially for wines with complexity and structure and elegance, to not just drink them easily, but to really appreciate them and one of the things i i have found is with complex wines the way a wine evolves in the glass maybe 10 minutes later as you're swirling and tasting the wines can change almost completely and reveal new flavors so taking a more meditative approach i think is a very very good advice now final question Tell me about wine hospitality at Casizano.
1: We offer three tours in our estate. One is the shades of Montalcino, a small winery journey to deepen the knowledge of Montalcino with its wines. Uh, Montalcino in verticale, so vertical of Montalcino, to discover the different vintages, back and current, and compare them. And also, uh, we have this particular Tomasi family experience to lead you through the Tomasi family estates wines uh, in this unforgettable experience because you can taste also the Amarone from Valpolicella and Alianico. So compare different regions, and different kind of wines, it's a it's amazing experience. Not just, you know, Montalcino, which is very important, but you can compare also other very important wines. So this is an, an, an opportunity that we offer in our estate.
0: That's a wonderful opportunity because it also takes uh, the taster from north, from the Veneto, from the Valpolicella wine hills, to Tuscany, and then down to Basilicata, for the Alionico del Voltare. So that's a very interesting tasting, one that I would like to come to Montalcino to do with you, Maggi. (laughs)
1: I'm happy to guest you, to host you. Can't wait to show you this beautiful place.
0: Well, I look forward to it too. Thank you so much for being my guest today. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. You've told us the story of Casizano, but also... We've told us a lot about Montalcino, about the wines, but also about this beautiful place. So I hope our listeners will be inspired to travel to Montalcino and to find you and organize a wine tasting with you. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you too for this beautiful conversation and hope to guest you in our wine there. Yes,
0: me too. I I would love to see you there. So grazie e a presto.